to Datsuk. What a move! Right in! Oh. Scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep! That's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line. Chance scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello, Octopi Hockey Town lovers. I am your host, Austin Goodman, and we have yet again another full edition of Octopi coming your way this week. I just want all of you out there to know that this entire summer, we have been coming to you live from West Bloomfield, Michigan, from my home. So welcome into my home, and welcome to another episode where this week we are going back into transactions, guys. The Red Wings still have some work to do, even though it's August and September. September training camp is coming up at the beginning of the preseason. The Wings still have some players to sign. Daniel Alfredson is still waiting in the Wings to see if he is going to continue his career as a Wing with a reoccurring back issue still going on while still leading the team in points last season, which will outweigh the other, and that's the question when it comes to Daniel Alfredson, and we'll discuss that and the other free agents, more specifically the Red Wings' restricted free agents in the first 10 minutes of this week's show. Then I finally have some good signatures to tell you guys about. Thomas Tatar signed a three-year deal. $8.25 million contract last week, and he was not only one to get another Red Wings contract to him. We'll discuss Tatar and his importance to the Red Wings' future for about 5 or 10 minutes, and then we'll finish the show once again with the coaching staff. Mike Babcock and Ken Holland also finished out. You know, they were rounding out the coaching staff, replacing old coaches Tom Rennie and Keith McKittrick with Jim Hiller and Andrew Brewer. So we'll talk about the Red Wings' new bench regime and what they're going to be capable of when we're going in to the 2014-2015 campaign. But as for Daniel Alfredson, guys, I think this is a good place for the show to start. The Alfie situation is basically Alfredson is 41 years old, and he's currently an unrestricted free agent. He plays at the right wing, if you didn't know, and he led the team last year at 18 goals, 31 assists, combining for 49 points, which in fact tied another defender, Nicholas Cronwall, who, as most people know, is the Red Wings' assistant captain. Um, He's not expected to make his decision, though, until he's fully ready to get back on the ice, and that is both mentally and physically. I think there's one key aspect to, you know, getting back out on the ice when you're at an older age within the NHL, and that's basically, can I mentally handle going back into a regular season where I have 82 games sitting in front of me, you're traveling half the season, and then there's the playoffs afterwards if you're lucky enough to make that. And joining a Red Wings team that has made it for 23 years consistently, you're thinking a little bit longer down the road. So the issue really here is that the guy has a reoccurring back issue and it's been flaring up for the past few years. Let's be honest, it's typical for a 41-year-old hockey player. I have, you know, back problems in my lower back, and I've been playing hockey since I was about 5 years old. Make that 15 years. He's been playing for... I don't know, let's call it about 35 years, 19 of which would be this season in the NHL. So the ultimate decision is supposed to be made in late August. So the next couple of weeks, hopefully, um, Daniel Alfredson will be able to make a decision on whether or not he's going to return to the ice 
As for the Red Wings part in all of this, Ken Holland, Mike Babcock, and of course the rest of the Red Wings players and organization would love to have a player like Daniel Alfredson come back and sign a contract for one more year to try to push them over the next level. Um, Daniel Alfredson is not only a leader on the ice scoring as many goals and getting as many assists as he did last season. He's so vital. You know, not like a Daniel Cleary who's just been there for a long time. Daniel Alfredson has been in a locker room as a captain for many years. So with the situation last year when Henrik Zetterberg was injured as the captain and Pavel Datsuk as the assistant, you know, you have a guy like Daniel Alfredson doesn't have to wear a letter on his jersey to show that he has leadership and leadership encoded in his brain. And, of course, he's going to share that with his new teammates and, of course, these youngsters that are coming up for the Red Wings. The restricted free agents, though, guys, I want to put the Alfredson conversation back for the next couple weeks. There will be something coming out about it very shortly. I think he's going to stay on the team, but it all depends on the health. But I want to move on to the restricted free agents that the Wings have this offseason. They started with seven. Okay, they they signed Riley Shahan, Mitch Callahan, and Andres Nostrazel. And recently, they've re-signed Thomas Tatar. Now they have two remaining RFAs. Um, as we refer to them, the remaining RFAs would be Landon Ferraro and Danny DeKaiser. Now, although Landon Ferraro, he's a really good rising forward for the Detroit Red Wings, but I would obviously say that the most important RFA left is Danny DeKaiser. But the question remains, what is Danny DeKaiser's worth? What kind of contract is he going to be signing with the Red Wings? I think the fact that he's a restrictive free agent is massive. Being a restrictive free agent gives you a certain amount of rights, which include basically the current team must extend a qualifying offer to a restrictive free agent, all right, to retain basically the negotiation rights of that player. Qualifying offers are for one-year contracts. There's a minimum salary for the qualifying offer, and it depends on the player's prior salary. Players who earned less than $660,000 in the previous season must be offered 110% of the previous season's salary. So, you know, players making up to a million dollars must be offered 105%, and players making over a million must be offered 100%. So basically, you're not losing any money just by getting older. If the qualifying offer is not made, the player becomes an unrestricted free agent. The player rejects a qualifying qualifying offer. He remains a restricted free agent. Now, if the player does not sign before December 1st, he's ineligible to play in the NHL for the remainder of that specific season. Now, with a player like Danny DeKaiser at 6'3", 190 pounds, his first full season with the Wings was last year. He signed a two-year deal worth $1.35 million back in March of 2013, and he followed it, that was following his time with the Western Michigan Broncos, He appeared in 12 games in 2012-2013, but quickly after getting in the NHL, as we all know, he suffered a hand injury and it left him out of the 2013 Stanley Cup playoff run that the Wings ended up losing to the Blackhawks in Game 7 of the second round. Now, although that, you know, he was injured, after his injury, he did get the opportunity to still make his name known by helping the Grand Rapids Griffins and he was also a part of that Calder Cup championship winning team. It, it's kind of funny. Every time I say the Calder, up, Calder Cup championship, I feel like I'm saying a different 
you know, rising stud for the Red Wings, and that's great to hear. You know, when you win a Calder Cup championship in the AHL, that means your team looks as though they're going to be solid for the next couple of years because you have prospects that are coming up through the ranks. You know, the Wings have an immensely talented young 3-4 defender in Danny DeKaiser, all right? The guy looked up to Nicholas Lidstrom his entire life, wanted to play around him, wanted to play with him. He's trying to make Nicholas Lidstrom proud of the fact that Danny DeKaiser is a Red Wing and that he becomes, you know, the next big thing on the Red Wings. I think that is a very essential element of this entire thing. On the other side of the spectrum, though, there are many players that compare to Danny DeKaiser. I would say most famously is P.K. Subban. He signed a two-year deal, $2.87 million, after protracted, you know, basically, I think that this guy, P.K. Subban, and a player like Dan DeKaiser coming up basically around the same time is really key. A closer comparison would definitely be Carl Gunnarsson. He went, you know, from his ELC making, you know, $800,000 a year, to $1.325 million. You can also compare him to Carl Alsner of Washington. Signed a two-year deal worth $1.28 million. Personally, I think to Kaiser, the expected contract amount would be between two years and four years. That would be the, the, the length of the contract worth probably at least $3 million maxing towards $4.5 million. Danny DeKaiser is one of those players that you do want to keep on your roster 110%. Obviously, signing somebody like Kyle Quincy, you know, to get $4.25 million a year um, is not ideal. And with a player like Danny DeKaiser still on the table for you, you need that essential element right there. I personally think that Danny is a very good defender. He's great on his feet. He's calm and collected. Just as Nicholas Lidstrom was when he once played, he is a heck of a slapper from the top. And I honestly think that keeping a player like Danny DeKaiser is definitely a key element of everything going on in the game for the Red Wings going into the future. Um, I think that DeKaiser will sign within the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't think he just wants to end his NHL, NHL career, and I know that the Red Wings are going to be able to make a special offer to him now that they have that money left over from finally signing, signing Thomas Tatar. But the catchiest part about all of this, and I want everybody to understand, is that Daniel Alfredson, Danny DeKaiser, both of them with about $7 million left in cap space, somebody's going to have to pay, take a pay cut. And I think that that is going to be Daniel Alfredson, but you never know. But guys, somebody that didn't take a pay cut, and this is our next segment here, um, is Thomas Tatar. And Thomas Tatar definitely had a breakout season last year with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I was very impressed with Thomas Tatar. He's 23 years old from Lava, Slovakia. He was drafted in 09 at 60th overall in the second round of the NHL entry-level draft. He spent the first three years with the Grand Rapids Griffins in his first AHL season, guys, in 2010-2011. The guy had 57 points and a plus 14 rating. Before 13-14, Tatar only played in 27 games between two seasons and had five goals and three assists for the Red Wings. In 2013-2014, though, the guy broke out 19 goals, 20 assists, or <laughs> sorry about 19 goals, 20 assists, 39 points, and a plus 12 rating on NHL ice. And I love to see that. 
that is where you see the development of these young players that have come up through the ranks of the NH- of the NHL and of the development of the Red Wings. That is the biggest part, and I keep saying it week in and week out, development, development, development. Here's an exact product of how development works. And development works when you get a three-year, $8.25 million contract. As we were talking about RFAs before, the restricted free agent, the Wings wanted to give Tatar something a little bit better than his, or you know, obviously original entry-level contract, but they had to base it off of his performance last season. And that performance last season exploded this contract up and pushed it up in the ranks a little bit more. And I think that's why Thomas Tatar is going to be making what he's going to be making for the next three years. And at the end of all of this, guys, all right, at the end of all of this, Tatar is still going to be a restricted free agent at the end of his 2.75 annually contract that he has coming in. The contract will expire in 2017. He will again, like I said, be an RFA. It gives the wings much more time to work out what could potentially be a long and very expensive contract depending on how much production Tatar does show over those next three years that are coming up. What does that mean for the Wings' future? With youth and speed, Tatar is a player that is a must-have for the Wings. They did not want to flush his talent down the toilet to acquire anything else throughout the NHL through transactions. They didn't want to put him up for trade. He's, I think he's going to flourish in the winged wheel for many more years. Obviously, three, three more years exactly, but many more years after that. I just want everybody to keep in mind that a player like Thomas Tatar, a player like Gustav Nyquist, a player like Danny DeKaiser, these aren't players that just come up in the ranks every single season. You know, Gustav Nyquist was one heck of a player last year, all right? And a player like Thomas Tatar, also one heck of a player last year. And the Red Wings are going to have to pay to keep players like that around. All right, that is bait. that is just the fact of the matter. Thomas Tatar last year, like I said, 39 points. And guys, Gustav Nyquist, he had 48 points, okay? And Thomas Tatar played in almost, almost it was about 15 more games Tatar played in than Nyquist. And that combination alone, you know, sometimes I'll play on NHL 2014. We have the first line on this video game, it's, you know, for the Red Wings, they have it. It's Gustav Nyquist, Henrik Zetterberg, and Pavel Datsuk. Well, what a heck of a line is that? You'd love to see something like that, and I would most especially love to see something like that next season. I think the Red Wings are going to benefit from signing Tatar greatly throughout the next few years. But that does take us into our last segment for the day, guys, and that's talking about the new coaching regime. Who is behind the bench now for Detroit? Who's making all this work standing next to Mike Babcock? We all know that the past seven out of eight assistant coaches have left after one year, okay? But all of those coaches have moved up in the ranks. And I don't know if that just means that, you know, Babcock is giving him a giving these guys good references or if they are developing that much just by coaching underneath a head coach like Mike Babcock. But the two assistants are Jim Hiller and Andrew Brewer. I want to start off explaining this Jim Hiller guy. Jim Hiller played in 21 games for the Red Wings in 1992 and 1993, spent the last 8 seasons of 
his life in the WHL as a head coach, and he coached the Chilliwack Bruins for three seasons and spent the last five seasons with the Tri-City Americans. He's 45 years old, led the Tri-City to the WHL Finals in 09-2010 for the first year with the Americans. He was fired, though, after a record of 29-33-10 last season, but he told it out with the Tri-City team at 210-124-26 as the head coach, and throughout his eight seasons coaching in the WHL, he's 282-245-49, and, and obviously the last five seasons with Tri-City, that's a pretty good record, way over 500 right there. Um, he also spent some time in the BCHL, leading the Alberni Valley Bulldogs to a 42-12-2 record in 05-06, so that was a long time ago, guys. Hiller holds the Tri-City franchise records in multiple areas as well. This includes playoff games, 57 games, winning percentage at a .619, playoff victories, 29 victories, and playoff series wins, which is six. And Hiller's hockey career consisted of 63 games, playing over two NHL seasons, broke up between three teams, the Red Wings, the Kings, and the Rangers. In college, he helped deliver the 1991 NCAA title at Northern Michigan University, so he's born and bred in Michigan. He broke into the NHL with L.A. in 92-93 and played in 40 games before being traded along with Fall Coffee and Sylvain Couturier in exchange for Jimmy Carson, Mark Putin, and Gary Shachuk. So he appeared in those 21 games with the Red Wings, and now he's coming back behind the bench. I think he's a little bit better behind the bench than he is on the ice, guys. He told about with 8 goals, 10 assists, and 116 penalty minutes within his NHL career. Um, so he wasn't too good on the ice, but clearly with that, uh, with the 210, 124, and 26 record with Tri-City for the past five years, I think that is a pretty good uh you know, pretty good record to hold up and put on your resume. As for Andrew Brewer, he's a 28-year-old. He spent the last three seasons with Hockey Canada, where he served as the organization's video coordinator, in fact, and he was a part of Mike Babcock's staff in this year's Olympics, where Mike Babcock, as we all know, led Canada to the gold the gold medal at the 2014 Sochi Olympic Games. He also was a part of Team Canada's coaching staff at the last three World Championships and World Junior Championships as well. Before he joined Hockey Canada, he spent three seasons as an assistant coach with the University of New Brunswick, helping the school win the national championship in 2009 and 2011. He spent the last the last time he spent time with the Red Wings actually was traveling with the team to the prior Olympics that like I said just a couple seconds ago the 2014 Olympics that were held in Sochi Russia so the new coaching regime guys is head coach Mike Babcock ex-Penguins assistant coach Tony Granado Jim Hiller who was a the ex-head coach of the WHL, Tri-City Americans, and then the assistant coach, Andrew Brewer, who just finished up his time with Hockey Canada. So a pretty interesting new regime coming from different areas, but I think they all understand the concept of winning. Of course, somebody like Tony Granato understands you know, how to run an efficient have an efficient special teams with the PK and the power play, making all that stuff come together. Um, they're replacing good people, though. Bill Peters, Tom Rennie, Keith McKittrick. But all those you know, assistant coaches from last year, all of them accepted positions 
for the upcoming season, and they were all a little bit better. Uh, Bill Peters, as we all know, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Tom Rennie, he went and is now the head coach and CEO of Hockey Canada. So he's going to be waving right past Andrew Brewer on his way in Detroit as Tom Rennie leaves Detroit. And as for Keith McKittrick, he re-signed last week to become an assistant with the WHL's Portland Winterhawks. So, guys, this new coaching regime, I think it'll bring three specific things. I think most importantly, it's going to bring more effective power play and penalty kill units. I think it's going to keep the nature of winning in Detroit. And three, I think the new faces behind the bench are going to be able to mesh together well. All these guys understand the game of hockey. And Mike, you know, Mike Babcock is your head coach is always 100% the case that you want to be in. Mike Babcock has been quoted saying it. If you don't want to get coached, don't come play in Detroit. And I love that. It's the same thing that goes for assistant coaches, for coaches in development, for you know coaches in the AHL, everywhere, the entire organization. They want to make sure that you want to get coached to come to Detroit. Detroit is an organization, 23 years strong in the playoffs, you know, original six hockey team, won 11 Stanley Cups, you know, Guys, this is the real deal in Detroit, and I'm telling you that these coaches right here that they're bringing in, especially Tony Granato, you know, coming in first and having time to work with Mike Babcock is all going to mesh out really nicely for the Red Wings come 2014-2015. But guys, that is all that I have for you this week, and I would just like to thank you so much for the continued support that we get from all the fans of Octopi Hockey Town. We'll, of course, be back again next week with more up-to-date information on the Red Wings. You could visit the MSU Impact Sports website at www.impact89fm.org sports. You can check out all MSU sports up-to-date information for MSU Sports and Detroit Sports. But guys, for all of the Octopi team and myself, I'm Austin Goodman saying stay classy and get excited. Tailgate season is right around the corner, and I'm hearing Jacksonville State yelling in my ear, why do you keep scoring touchdowns? MSU football right around the corner. Go green, go white, and everybody have a wonderful week.